You're listening to Off to Market with Scott Farley and Hamish Chadwick. Hello, I'm Scott. And I'm Hamish. And today we're going to lead off from the last podcast where we were discussing commercialisation and the three, three types of, of commercialisation for a startup, and one being licensing, one being distribution networks, and the third is selling itself. Now, Hamish is an expert in the marketing area of getting people off the ground, especially when it's a unique product, has, has no benchmarks to go by. So you have to have a marketing plan that allows you to introduce your product to a market that has never heard of it before and sort of convince them to separate themselves from their hard-earned dollars and buy your product as against something else that's already they've already been using to satisfy that need. Or if it's a new need entirely, educate them on why they need that product and why it's going to make their life better, hopefully. So Hamish, could you um, could you just give us a little rundown on um, on how you'd go about a startup product, fairly unique. There's no benchmarks. Where do you start? It, it sounds difficult, and and, I, and I've done it myself, and I know it's difficult. Money, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, okay. Uh, I think it's a look. This is a very broad subject because I think what we're talking about is you have decided not to approach someone who's going to license the product from you. So they may have platforms and money to push the product. Uh, And obviously you make a licensing fee from that, but they control everything from there. So they've got their own distribution. And that means distribution physically for the product, but also distribution in terms of marketing channels. Uh, They've got got existing followers that load their brand and follow their brand. They've got so much going from as far as that uh, goes. It's plug and play. Exactly, and I think that's the the power of social media is not necessarily social media in itself, but you've got people that have say let's say twenty thousand followers, and look, I've done this with a client quite successfully where I've said, look, we're not getting much doing our own thing in terms of spending a lot of money on Facebook ads. Why don't we approach someone who has already got a huge following and ask them how much to plug the product? Just to simply say, hey, I've been using this product. What we'd call it, what you call an influencer. And look, there's a thousand and one people out there that call themselves influencers. But the beauty of it is, you can choose uh, whoever you want to have uh, as your influencer. And obviously, they they take a fee for that. For that, they expect a fee, uh, and it's cash for comment if you want to call it that. But it can be quite successful because these people have, let's just say, you know, twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred thousand people following them, and all of a sudden, uh, they come along and say, this product of yours, it's which like is great. Qualification process. It, it we, is. we've spoken about before. It's, it is. It's pre-qualified by a credible source, someone you're used to dealing with and understand their, but their the, credible, but the credible the, and reliable source. If they, if, they, if they become the advocate for your product, it seems, it seems like, like a no-brainer to buy that product because obviously it's endorsed by someone you trust. Hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the thing as if you haven't got someone to, or you're not going down the licensing road, to, to do everything yourself can be quite daunting. However, there's some things you've got to put in perspective, which is, yes, anyone can you know start a Facebook page or an Instagram feed uh, and you start filling, filling it up with content. That's a, that's a huge subject all on its own of what, what, what you choose to fill it up with. But I think if we come back and simplify that process, we've got to look at where your product is. If it is unique, you've got to find a new following. It really means you're piggybacking onto an existing uh, industry or, or existing product or an existing need. So the trick is to find channels and partners that you can, and that, that's where your work is then, is not necessarily pitching to investors. You've got to work hard at finding people that already have a following. How do you get, how do you tap into their market? How do you, or sorry, how do you tap into their audience? 
And that's, that's the fastest and surest way to get something to market is to get on board with someone else. You stand on their shoulders. Uh, or at least you get a, you get a leg up somehow because to to start a channel on your own if it's Facebook marketing and just to wait for likes or follows to come in that's a very can be a very expensive and very uh, time consuming yeah. exercise. However, if you are clever with your uh, what's the the better word for it is a, a strategic partnership. That's what really what what it comes down to is finding a strategic partner who already has the the audience to then go to them and say, hey, what do you require? What would you like me to do? in terms of getting on their feet and getting in front of their audience. Previous to the podcast starting, we were discussing um, marketing that chops and changes and the importance to try and uh, really stick with a plan oh, and, yeah. and, and, yes. and keep it on track yep. and not not trying to just use the, use the machine gun, scattergun sort of process and try and aim for every market, just try and focus on the ones that are working and put your energy into those. Is well, that, is that what yeah, no, and that's a, that's another interesting thing I've seen in my experience of working with clients that have a unique product is you've got to have some stickability and you've got to get the energy to keep going and keep marketing. I think a lot of people give up with a particular strategy. And one of the uh, things I see often is where, where you lose momentum is where you need to get proof for a product. So a product can be, and we, look, we've spoken about this quite a lot in previous episodes where just because you have a unique product doesn't mean to say it's going to sell itself because the perception of need isn't necessarily there to to begin with you've got to create a a need and anything the more you well you can't have something that's more unique but the the if a product is is so different yet it solves a, a really important problem you've still got to sell it and you've still got to get out there and and get proof that it works because that's the other side of it it's not necessarily is it good but is it going to work so it could be you know that there's there's two sides of the coin there i mean you can have a product which is amazing it's going to change some area of your life exponentially but where's the proof so your job as a marketer then is to to continually find proof and what i mean by that is things like case studies uh, off the cuff comments youtube testimonials you've got written testimonials you've got endorsements you've got people that uh, well-known already in a marketplace and you get their feedback and you get their comments and you've got to be continually finding those and, you, and just don't stop doing it and that's how you get momentum and that's I think uh, one of the greatest pitfalls I think of having entrepreneurs with unique products is they just simply lose momentum because they try something for a month and it didn't quite get the results they thought and they'll jump to something else or they'll come back to me and say hey uh, essentially, you know, do you have another silver bullet? I don't have a silver bullet. Well, what I can say is just keep going. Keep keep going because if you've got evidence that people are buying the product and if you've got evidence that uh, people are willing to pay what you've priced it at, well, then it's just a matter of just uh, more and more week on week, month on month, just going out there, getting proof and marketing that proof. I've certainly seen evidence of that. There's two situations. Obviously, one that everyone would know about is Having the advocate, you know, a celebrity who goes and endorses your product. I mean, it's on every second ad you see. There's uh, an ex-golfer or an ex-cricketer or an ex-rugby player out there uh, endorsing product and making a killing. You know, obviously it turns products from being totally unsuccessful and unknown to being quite successful. I mean, the George Foreman grill, probably a classic that everyone knows about. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much, you know, his career is washed up as a boxer. He's too old to box and, and all of a sudden he's turned his hand he was, he was a very likeable boxer and so obviously he's he's turned that likability into a marketing tool and done very well with it. Um, the other way and I have seen firsthand uh, a fishing product, uh, fairly simple fishing product, 
but really easy to put on Amazon and, and other sales platforms. So he had all the all the potential, nice uh, nice um, profit margin. And he was a painter, and he was he, he produced the product, had it all out there, couldn't make sales. So five years he was trying to sell it, trying to sell it, still painting by himself. He happened to happened across a person with a platform with a lot of following, like uh, mm. 1.9 million followers. And the guy, I think for a thousand dollars, he paid. He, he just paid the guy to put a thirty-second clip with no audio, just demonstrating the idea, no sales pitch, uh, and because of that, it was very organically shared because it wasn't a, seen as a sales; it was seen as an educational thing. And he got millions and millions of uh, likes or exposed uh, views of that product. Mm. And then, partially down the way, uh, in the comments, he just put a link to where you could find it. And all of a sudden, he's employing five people, and he's quit his job, and he's now runs his business. But for five years, he had no, the same product with no traction. Mm. Instantly, pigtailed onto uh, a third party, and and uh, got the message in front of the right people. It, it's 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 more and more. I mean, advocates are expensive. I've, I've been through that process before. You try and go to an advocate board, and it is very expensive. But for the right product with the right profit margin, you definitely definitely consider it because mm. the return on investment would be incredible um, obviously with our product we, we tried it but we had a very little uh, very low volume product and a very bad distribution network at the time and so we, we really couldn't uh, capitalize on it but for the right person the right product you know that, that can really work well and and the same now now people are uh, more aware of the value of their uh, in, uh, of their sites and their following you might be paying a lot more than the thousand dollars that old mate paid years ago when it was all pretty new but uh but still worth considering because it's it's an instant uptake well and i think what i'd like to add there is it's that's not easy either i'm not that i want to put people off but it's not just because we've given you this idea now that you just have to go and find someone with a following i mean the other thing you've got to consider is they've got to be a match i mean they've got to want to push your product because like anything when you've got uh, joint ventures or, or brand alignment if you if you want to call it that is they're looking at your product wanting it to also add to their own image so you have to then perhaps take that into consideration at the marketing and branding uh, component of, 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 of no well d- designing a brand and designing a message which will then be uh, favorable to the people that you think you're going to approach mm-hmm. to market so it's not just a case of okay I'm, I'm identifying an end customer I'm also designing a brand to suit someone that has a platform. They will well, be happy to share it on their platform. The message has, must be important. And obviously, if you have the wrong message, you're a, you're a clown who has 10 other, 10 other presences on the internet with, with you running around being an idiot, then they're gonna research that because they don't wanna associate with that sort of, that sort of a, um, a message. Mm. So the message of the company has to be pretty tight with their message. Mm. Or in a nutshell, what you've got to consider is, yes, you want them to build your brand, but they're also looking at you, they want to build their own brand. So even though it might be relatively unknown, they'll still look at perhaps the the visual side of your brand and think, do I want to be associated with that? Is that something that is aligned with my values? Because obviously in themselves putting a value on their uh, own network, they don't want to be seen as flogging a product which perhaps uh, isn't isn't quite good. So yes, they will take a fee for it, but the smart players, uh, will also look at it and evaluate your product based on how they need to be perceived as well. And you can see it also in some situations I've seen where you can use the online, if you've got a really aligned company with a really big following, you can actually treat them as a distributor. So you can actually approach them with a, um, 
a cut basically basically like they get paid a royalty for everyone they sell mm. on their site because it's no different in this situation to going to a wholesaler that sells into a retail situation bricks and mortar uh, the same thing applies online where if they've got to be following they can sell a lot of this product it's probably worth paying them a cut of the of the of the sales so that you can enhance your sales and they get something out of it as well. Mm. They become your wholesaler in a way. Mm. And again, that all comes down to looking at what is actually a marketing cost. So that's not a direct outbound marketing cost. That is a, an agreement that you would have with someone mm. uh, which works just as, which works equally as well, if not better than, than just standard advertising. And obviously in that situation, you have to have your pricing correct mm. so that you can actually afford the wholesale rate. Mm. You're, almost, you're almost treating that situation like a retail sale. So you sell it at X amount, uh, which might be four times your manufacturing cost on retail, and you have enough room in between to pay your commission to mm. your sales platform. Mm. And I think for people starting out, that's what they have to realise is, is that uh, your recommended retail price that you've set, if you're getting someone else to sell it on your behalf, which is well, that's, that's retail, uh, that's, that's the marketing. They've done it for you. You either pay for it yourself, and that comes off your bottom line, uh, or you're, you get someone to put it on their shelf and sell it, and that's also a marketing cost. So it's just your perception of value, which I think you've just got to evaluate and look at what's gonna be the most effective. And I think if you're using someone else's shelf, someone else's following, someone else's audience, uh, that's highly valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think also too, on the other side, is you've gotta be very careful who you choose, because brand alignment again, uh, you know, building up your own brand, you have to be careful as to where it's seen in the early days, or even if it's an established product. You know, I mean, the big companies do this all the time. I mean, they will not associate with brands that they think will diminish their own brand or take it off into a different direction. That there's no uh, shared values, if you like. So it's it's all very carefully choreographed and managed. You know, the bigger the product, the bigger the brand, the older the brand, the the more managed that it is for good reason. Yeah, you talk about the value of the value of that pipeline, you can imagine if you start yourself, you start putting reps on the road, you start going around doing your own advertising, it becomes very expensive. So, you know, you've got to weigh up that cost. Is it worth you doing or is it worth going through someone else, someone else's pipeline who's already done all that? And I, I honestly think it's it's all, quite often a very, very smart plan to go through and distribute it. You've been listening to Off to Market with Scott Farley and Hamish Chadwick.